Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national, six-time national award-winning POET radio. I am your host and your brother, Black Ice of Truth Hour Ministries. We will be getting started momentarily. Again, we will be getting started momentarily. Our lesson today is spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. Again, spiritual witness, uh, wickedness and subliminal messages. So that's what we're dealing with today on the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the sixth time national award-winning poet radio, all right? All right, we're getting started in 10 seconds for Facebook Live. 10 seconds. Right. Three, two. Peace and blessings, Facebook family. Peace and blessings, peace and blessings. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the sixth time. National award-winning POET radio. I'm your host, your brother, and minister of Truth Hour Ministries, Brother Black Ice, DeAndre Hawthorne, and look. When, let, me, let me tell you, we are in for a powerful, powerful lesson tonight, brothers and sisters. We are in for a powerful, powerful lesson tonight. So go get your Bible, your pen, your paper. Bring those things in a positive mind and a positive mindset so that we can listen to what thus saith the Lord, brothers and sisters. What thus saith the Lord. When we teach on this Bible class, we don't share um, our personal opinions as being um, doctrine, right? We give you what thus saith the Lord, 
as it is written in the scripture. And we also give you the scriptures where you can go and look at it as well. So tonight's lesson is called Spiritual Wickedness and Subliminal Messages. Spiritual Wickedness and Subliminal Messages. So at this time, if you could take a moment and share these lessons to your Facebook pages, to your social media <clears throat> pages, I would appreciate it. And I say thank you in advance and in those various groups that you belong to. And we appreciate you for helping us with this ministry by sharing these things on your pages, right? And I am doing the same thing I am asking you to do at the moment, sharing these lessons and the groups that I belong to. I know some of these groups are going to kick me out, but hey, um, it happens like that sometimes, <laughs> brothers and sisters. So let's see who we have out there. We have uh, Helen Beasley from Griffith, Indiana. We have Sister Viola Rogers. Let us know where you are watching from. We have uh, Sister Crystal Wells. She's watching from Raleigh, North Carolina, part of our IOG family there. LJ Britt, let us know where you are watching from. Floyd, Floyd Miles, let us know where you are watching from and tuning in from. And let me see, Sister Yvonne. Hey, Chapman, peace and blessings, my sister. I got to talk to you after this is over about some things, okay? So definitely um, tune in and uh, tune in and sup with us tonight, <clears throat> brothers and sisters, all right? So again, tonight's lesson is spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. We're going to take a moment to read off the what we believe in a moment. We're going to take a, a moment to read off the what we believe, and then we're going to get right into our Bible class tonight, which is spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. I want to say peace and blessings. Sister Yvonne, I got something for you. I got to talk to you about it. So uh, when I'm done with this Bible program, then um, I'll reach out to you. But please tune in tonight, okay? Um, this lesson again, spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get ready to pray into our lesson tonight. Then we'll read off the what we believe. And then what we'll do after that is get right into our lesson. We'll bring on our YouTube, um, our YouTube family, okay? All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we come before you on this Tuesday, and we say thank you, Father God, for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you shall do for us, Father God, living within your will. Father God, we ask that you just bless those who are listening because they have a desire to learn tonight. Any ills or illnesses that they are experiencing or going through, Father God, watch over them, comfort them, give them peace, Father God, and guide them your way, Father God. Sometimes you just want to get our attention. Father God, bless my family and the loss of my cousin, Viola Anthony. She was more like an aunt. Bless Big Mike and bless Keith um, and Lil Mike and Mikhail and just the rest of our family as we get ready to bury our loved one this weekend. So Father God, we pray that this lesson tonight be a blessing and an edification to all those who are watching and listening and glorifying to you. We pray this prayer in your son, Jesus Yahshua name. Amen. All right, so let's go ahead 
and read off the what we believe. And then after the what we believe, we are going to get right into our lesson for tonight, which is spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. All right. The Truth Hour Bible Class is an online social media Bible-based ministry. Um, we teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. Here's what we believe. We believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute with our brothers or sisters who choose to use the name Yahshua or any of the variations of the name before it was translated into the current form of English in which we speak now. Um, we have no issues with that. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called Af African-American and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the world by way of the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites and all the Lord's statutes, laws and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must still keep the laws to the best of our ability. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law. No shrimp, pork, catfish, lobster, or anything that was deemed to be unpermissible for us to eat in the book of Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament scholar or a New Testament Christian. You must be both, Isaiah 8 and 20. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. We don't believe in the cross or images or holidays that originate in the worship of other gods, such as Easter, Christmas, um, New Year's Day, and any other day that originated. They may be celebrated for a different reason now, but if they were created originally to worship false and idol gods, we do not believe in them, they are antichrist, according to the word of God. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus, the crisis for all people, no matter what nationality, color, creed, no matter what financial status you have, um, salvation is for anyone who comes to Jesus. And that means keeping the statutes, laws, and his commandments. Revelation 7 and 9, brothers, at this time, if you have a hat on or a hair covering, we ask that you remove it. Sisters, if you don't have a hair covering on, we ask that you get one and place it over your head so we can be in, in, in compliance with the ordinance of God listed in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 3 through 6. Now, Let's go ahead and bring on our um, YouTube family. We're going to bring them on in five seconds. Four, three, two. Good evening, YouTube. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the six-time national award-winning POET Radio. I'm your brother, Brother Black Ice, DeAndre Hawthorne, Minister of Truth Hour Ministries. Tonight's lesson is called Subliminal uh, I'm sorry. It's called spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. Again, spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. Let's go ahead and get right into our lesson tonight, brothers and sisters. Now, the same way God has Holy Spirits that are currently residing in heaven, 
whom he commands his son Jesus to send to deal with the affairs of man. The same way God has Holy Spirits is the same way Satan has evil spirits and or fallen angels that were kicked out of heaven when he was kicked out, which were a third part of heaven that was kicked out. You can't see these evil spirits, brothers and sisters, but they are here and they do exist. So anytime we're talking, we just mentioned the devil. We just mentioned Satan. But what about those innumerous numbers of angels that were kicked out of heaven down here to this earth, which was a third part of the heaven, and the angels were never counted. They never gave us a number in the Bible of angels. So it could be millions. It could be billions. We don't know how many, but we know that there are a lot, and they are here, and they are dealing in the affairs of man. Let's show you how. Let's deal with these spiritual wickedness, the spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. Let's go to Jude 1 and verse 6. We're going to start this off in the book of Jude, the first chapter. And we're going to read verse 6. And it reads, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he have reserved in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day. So everlasting chain under darkness, you can't see them, brothers and sisters. There was a time when Satan could appear as he appeared to Eve in the garden. And that's why in the book of Genesis, it actually says the word. He was pleasant to the eyes of Eve. But when he defiled or beguiled Eve and the garden, God made it where he and none of the other angels could no longer appear to flesh and blood human beings. That's Jude 1 and 6. I'll read it again. It says, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day and so brothers and sisters the lake of fire was actually created for those fallen angels it was not originally created for man but now human beings have found their way to take part of the lake of fire with those fallen angels if your name is not found written in the book of life as mentioned in revelations the 20th chapter let's go ahead and keep reading brothers and sisters let's go to the book of first kings 22 first kings 22 20 through 23 first kings 22 let's see first kings I want to make sure I got that right. First Kings 22, 20 through 23. And it reads, and the Lord said, who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramathel Gilad? And one said on this manner and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? There came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. 
And the Lord said unto him, wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all the prophets. Now, brothers and sisters, I know that you've never heard this type of teaching before if you've been in Sunday, the Sunday church. But we're here to declare that all angels still fall under the jurisdiction of Jesus and of God. I'm going to say that again. All angels, I don't care whether they're the ones that still live in heaven with the Father and the Son or the ones that were kicked out of heaven. They still fall under the jurisdiction of the Father and the Son. And so this particular spirit that stepped forth and said, I will go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all the prophets. This, brothers and sisters, was one of those spirits that were kicked out of heaven. They still have to serve in the capacity that God deems for them to serve in. So let's read about this spirit again, because, again. The spirits that are in heaven, they are holy spirits, brothers and sisters. Now, if there is a lie embodied inside of the vessel, then it cannot be holy. So let's read it again. Verse 20 through 23. It says, and the Lord said, who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramathoth Gilead? And one said on this manner and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said unto him, wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all the prophets. He said, thou shalt persuade him. And prevail also, go forth and do so. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. So, we got a couple of things here. We got the word evil here concerning something dealing with the Lord, and we got a lying spirit. Hmm. Where was this lying spirit taken from among brothers and sisters? Now, these evil spirits are activated by the Lord when sin is committed, when there's a penalty or a price that need to be paid. Now, we're going to go into the book of Matthew, the 17th chapter. This war that we are dealing with today is over our minds. We're dealing with spiritual wickedness and the highest place on your body, which is the top of your head, which is where your brain exists and your mind exists. So this war that we are fighting, this spiritual wickedness is trying to invade our minds. Let's go to Matthew, the 17th chapter. We have to maintain self-control. Losing control leads to not only sin, but it also leads to death. Matthew 17. 14 through 18, I just got off the phone with one of my best friends, and she talked to me about a good friend of hers that was in the hospital. And she was in a hospital because she was beaten. And how was she beaten? Because she got into a road rage situation where she got into it with another driver, and that other driver got out of his car. 
to attack her. When all she had to do was keep her mouth shut and keep it moving. You see how one moment in time could appear to be so important at the time. But it could be a moment that we have to pay for for the rest of our lives. That's that spiritual wickedness and subliminal suggestions, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 17th chapter, 14 through 18. And it reads. Matthew 17, 14 through 18. It says, and when they were come to multiple to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he followed them to the fire and oftentimes he fall into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. Well, wait a minute. What was inside of this soul? An evil spirit or evil spirits. And it says Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. The reason why I wanted to bring this lesson and the reason why Sister Key wanted to put forth and bring this lesson tonight. is because you and I deal with our family members, our co-workers, our friends and even our children. And we don't understand the spirit that we're actually dealing with when we're dealing with these people. Some of the people are the closest people to us, but they have these spirits inside of them. And they've given in to the invasion of these spirits in their minds. So we got to put this thing in perspective. We got to know what it looks like when we see it. We got to know what it feels like when we come across it. And we got to know how to deal with these evil spirits we're talking about spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages brothers and sisters let's go to the book of luke the eighth chapter now some of these people we deal with on an everyday basis and you wonder why we come home from work and we're so exhausted and we're so tired because in addition to doing the physical job that you have to do each and every day You're fighting a mental and a spiritual war, trying to keep your composure, trying to maintain what it looks like to be a man and a woman of God. And it's an everyday fight. I mean, Satan has no off days. He don't need no sleep. He don't take no lunch breaks. He don't get tired. So he's at you literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 360 days a year, brothers and sisters. It's amazing how some people could call so much hell at the workplace. In your family, they are always into something. They're always in trouble. They're always in need. Because they've given in to that spiritual wickedness, brothers and sisters, in high places. The book of Luke, the 8th chapter, 26 through 33. Luke, the eighth chapter, 26 through 33, and it reads, and they arrived 
at the country of the garden gardenese which is over against galilee and when he went forth to, to land there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils a certain man which had devils a long time and wear no clothes neither abode in any house but in the tombs when he saw jesus he cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said what have i to do with you jesus thou son of god most high i beseech thee torment me not i'm going to stop right there and i'm going to say something when you learn this word of god when you study this bible and become filled with the holy ghost and let me define what you to you what being filled with the holy ghost means that means being filled with the word of god because the word ghost was a translation from the word spirit so his words are holy and they are spirit so when you are filled with the holy spirit or filled with the holy ghost that only means that you are filled with the word of God and you have understanding of that in which you are filled with. So here it is. Here's a man that had devils in him. But the devils that were in him began to resist Jesus because they understood and recognized who he was when he was in their presence. Isn't it something how you can walk into a room and make people feel uneasy because of the spirit of God that they see in you, the anointing that they see on you makes other people feel uncomfortable? See, to those type of people, you're arrogant. To those type of people, you think that you're all of that. To those type of people, they think that you think that you are better than other people but that's that spirit inside of them brothers and sisters that when they see the spirit of god inside of you it makes them feel uncomfortable it literally torments them to see you coming oh here they go again they finna start talking about that bible oh here they go again they finna start talking about god it torments them brothers and sisters let me read the scripture again verse 28 it says when he saw jesus he cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said what have i to do with you jesus thou son of god most high i beseech you torment me not but he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man for oftentimes it had caught him and he was kept bound with chains and fetters and he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness and jesus asked him saying what is your name and he said legion because many devils were entered into him see you were taught that there was just one devil but what do you think those fallen angels that were kicked out of heaven are they are devils too so it says here and i'll say it again it says because at verse 30 many devils were entered into him 
And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. So now the devils that are inside of this being is trying to negotiate with God. Don't send us over there into the deep. Jesus. It says. At verse 32, and there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. See, spirit can't die, brothers and sisters. That's why God created a lake of fire. For those fallen angels in order for them to be in a holding place forever. And the Bible calls this at Revelation, the 20th chapter, the second death. And it is designed for spirit beings. See, this grave or the cemetery is designed for flesh and blood human beings. But if you are not in the first resurrection, as it states in Revelation, the 20th chapter, verses five and six. Blessed are they that make the first resurrection on such the second death have no power because the second death has to be preceded by. The great white throne judgment. But if you're in the first resurrection, you are preventing yourself or escaping judgment. If you're in the first resurrection, along with those 144,000. Another lesson for another time, but we're just showing you that there are literally devils inside of some of these human beings that we're dealing with on an everyday basis. And you think that you are dealing with Lisa. You think that you are dealing with Nisi. You think that you're dealing with Joseph and James and John. Yeah, that is the name of the flesh and blood human being that you're dealing with, but you are actually dealing with the spirits that are inside of that individual. And if you don't understand that, and if you don't know that you're dealing with a spirit, you could make the mistake of judging that individual. And that's why God does not want us in a position to judge other individuals, because number one, we have no kingdom of God or lake of fire to put them in. That's number one. Number two. There are different motivations. That flesh and blood human beings have, and sometimes they're being pulled by the strings of these devils, brothers and sisters. Yeah, they have to give in to them, though. And we give in to them and don't even know that we're giving in to them sometimes because the word of God is more powerful than the spirit of Satan. The word of God is more powerful than the devil. But if you don't have the word of God and you're only attending services in which they sing and shout and dance and you walk out of those services, not knowing anything more than you knew before you went there. You are leaving yourself open and susceptible to these devils and these spirits, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Isaiah 45. 
Now, God has given rule to the Gentiles. So every son of Noah had their chance to rule. Remember, it was Shem, Ham, and Japheth. First, the Hamites ruled. These are your African people, the great Babylonian empire, the Egyptian empire, so on and so forth. That was that son. And then Shem came along, right? The first Israelite or Shemitic or, um, yeah, Israelite ruler was um, Saul. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> but I believe it was Saul. And then after Saul, it was David. Then after David, it was Solomon. I'm trying to remember all of these things off the top of my head. But y'all let me know if I'm correct. And um, just put the name in there. But we had our chance to rule. Then after we dropped the ball and the Lord kept giving us chance after chance to get it right. Then he said, you know what? I'm going to give this thing over to Japheth's children. These are your Gentiles. These are your Europeans or white folks from the land of Europe. So now we get into the statue that Daniel saw, right? That head of gold, so on and so forth. And so we had uh, the Babylonian Empire. We had the, and this, there were two different Babylonian empires. This one right here was the Europe, was the Gentile rule. Um, so you got the Babylonian Empire, then you got the Medes and the Perds, Persians, then you got the Greeks, and then you got the Romans. And the baby of Rome is what we're dealing with now in the Western world empires, brothers and sisters. So now we're dealing with all those things. So now God is moving swiftly through all these nations, bringing evil. Did you hear what I said? Bringing evil evil because they have committed sin and fell in their leadership too just like the lord brought evil among egypt just like the lord brought evil among the israelites it's the same way the lord will bring evil among the gentile nations and that's exactly what he's doing now you say what do you mean the lord is bringing evil well the lord is the one who created evil how do you think evil got here? Well, how do you think it got into existence in the first place? Let's go to Isaiah 45, 6 and 7. Evil was a reward or punishment for sin, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 45, 6 and 7. And one of the first form of evils that was put on the table was death. So that's why in the garden, God said, you may freely eat of all the trees of, of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat lest you die. So death is an evil. <clears throat> Let's go to Isaiah 45, 6 and 7. It says that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord. And there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. So again, evil is a punishment, brothers and sisters. Now, how do we open ourselves up to these evil spirits? 
That's the question. Well, the Lord has statutes, laws, and his and commandments, and he commands us to follow them and to keep them. And when we don't keep his statutes, laws, and his commandments, that's called sin or breaking the law. And when we sin and break the law, we leave ourselves open to these evil spirits. Now, when that happens, <clears throat> sometimes God will create a situation or allow a situation to be created. Well, he wants to get your attention. And so you wonder, why am I going through so much hell? Why am I experiencing this and that? Well, maybe God is trying to get your attention. Sometimes he has a job for you to do. And like Jonah, you're running from that job. And you know how gifted and anointed you are and how much leadership and influence you have <clears throat> in your circles. You say, no, nah, that, that's too much responsibility. I'm not doing all that. Well, Jonah thought that too. And God had to create a situation that he didn't want to be in. And some of you all are in situations today that you don't want to be in. Well, how do you think that situation was created? God either created it or allowed it to be created. So that's when we just refuse. We get to a point where we just refuse to do what God wants us to do. And let's see what happens when we refuse what God wants us to do. <clears throat> he would turn you over into what the Bible calls a reprobate mind. Let's go to Exodus 7, 1 through 5. Exodus 7, 1 through 5. One of the best examples that we can have of this is the story of Moses, Aaron, Pharaoh, and the children of Israel. Have you ever read where God hardened Pharaoh's heart, where he would not let his people go? All the times that he sent Moses and Aaron to Pharaoh, he knew that Pharaoh was not going to let the people go. But he kept sending them to him. He was trying to show people something. He was trying to show the Egyptians something. Pharaoh, you killed all these male babies trying to prevent Moses from being born. You think I'm going to let you get away with killing all of my Israelite babies? No, you got to pay for this. You got by, but you didn't get away with it. Let's go to Exodus 7, 1 through Five, and it reads, and the Lord said unto Moses, see, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh and Aaron, your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you and Aaron, your brother shall speak unto Pharaoh that he send the children of Israel out of his land. I and I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Did, did you hear what I just said? Jehovah is telling Pharaoh, he said, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not listen unto you that I may lay my hand upon Egypt. Did you understand what he just said? 
he wanted to lay his hand on Egypt. But in order to do that, Pharaoh had to not listen to Moses and Aaron and to deny them. I'm going to read that again. But Pharaoh shall not listen unto you that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. But check this verse out. Because God always wants to make himself known. It says, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. See, you, <laughs> you ever heard Biggie when he said, if you don't know, now you know. The Lord is saying, if you didn't know before that I was the Lord and that I am the Lord, oh, you're going to know when I'm done with you. And he says the same thing before. And to us. If you got any doubt in your mind that I am the Lord, let me put you in a situation where you got to call on me. It can't nobody help you through this situation but me. And then you're going to know that I am the Lord because obviously your faith and your belief is not really what you say it is. So now I got to create a situation or allow a situation to be created where I got to prove to you who I am. We're talking about spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. Let's go to Romans, the first chapter, 22 through 27. Romans 1, 22 through 27. Romans, the first chapter, 22 to 27, and it reads, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and to creeping things. So now you know why we don't, we don't do symbols. God never had a symbol to represent his, what's the word I want to use? Mm. His faith, his doctrine. He never had a symbol. And David never had a star. That six point star is not the star of David. It's the star of a God by the name of Remphem. Or rim fin. Go and look it up yourself. So anyone that is claiming a six point star. As the star of their religion. Is not of God. Or let me say. Anyone who's claiming that. With knowledge. Is not of God. Because there are millions of people. Who don't have an idea. That that star does not represent God. Or, or the Israelites. So. At verse 24 said, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts and dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator? So, <clears throat> so we'll look at a dove. We'll look at a fish on the back of somebody's car. You know, they got fish that represent religion now. We'll look at praying hands. 
you know, the hands of a human being. That's that's the creature. We'll use all of those things. But when it comes to the one that created the creature, we don't want to give him the credit. Because if we gave him the credit, then we would do what he say um, do. And that is to remove those things. No images. Just read Exodus, the 20th chapter. Make no image of anything in heaven above and earth underneath or in the water under the earth. So where do we get these images from these Gentile nations, brothers and sisters? It says in verse 26, for this cause, God gave them up to vile infections, for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving their natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And so, brothers and sisters, when we get so far and refuse to change, God will give you over to a reprobate mind. Oh, you don't want to listen to me? After I sent this person to you and that person to you and they shared links with you to try to get into this word. And you shut yourself out and refused and closed yourself. I'm going to give you over to a reprobate mind. I'm going to make it so you can't change. Let's go to Galatians, the fifth chapter. When you begin to love yourself more than the creator. It leaves room, brothers and sisters, for evil to enter into our minds. And that's why this lesson is called spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. Because see, the real spiritual wickedness in high places, in addition to the governments and the kingdoms and the rulers of this land, the high place is your mind. Satan can't do anything physically to you, but he can get into somebody else's mind to do something physical to you. Or he can put something in your mind in order for you to do something physically to someone else. He didn't grab Eve by the back of her neck and say, hey, look, you're going to listen to what I'm saying to you, woman. Never touched her. but he was putting things in our mind. So we have to protect our mind, brothers and sisters. It becomes all about self-pleasure and no discipline when we give in to these subliminal messages and these spiritual wickedness. Let's read the book of Timothy and hear what thus saith the Lord, brothers and sisters. Galatians 5 16 through 26, Galatians 5, 16 through 26, and it reads, This I say then, walk in the spirit, 
and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lust of against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. It didn't say that you didn't have to keep the law. You didn't have to abide by the law. It says you are not under the law, which means the penalty of it. See, as long as you don't run the red light, you're not penalized by the law. You're not under the law if you don't break the law. So we got to have understanding because, see, this will make people tell you that you're no longer under the law. You're under grace. It don't mean that you don't have to keep the law. If you keep it, then you're not under it, which means you are not under the penalty of it. Verse 19, it says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Uh oh, witchcraft. Today, some of our children are dressing their babies up like witches to this very day. It says idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This is a message for all of us, brothers and sisters. We have to start working on our own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, how easy is it for the devil to get into you and I? And see, no one is exempt from this, brothers and sisters. The best of us have a devil inside of us. No matter how righteous we claim to be, no matter how many times we go to Sabbath day class on Saturday, no matter how many times we open this book and read it, we have all had the devil inside of us. And we got to fight not to allow it to enter in all day, every day. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Are you greater than Peter, the chief apostle of Jesus? The one that Jesus said, I'm going to go, Peter, I'm going to leave you in control. Are you any greater than Peter? And let's read about Peter. Matthew 16, 13 through 23. Matthew 16. Thirteen through twenty-three, and it says, "When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?'" They said, "Some say that you are John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets." He said unto them, "But whom say you that I am?" And Simon Peter answered and said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, he was talking about himself because he's the rock, 
upon himself, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you, talking to Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Everything is going well. He asked his disciples, who do they say that I am? Peter stood up amongst the 12, said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus begins to say, Peter, you know what? Because nobody told you that but my father, Peter. Man, I tell you what, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys. Whatever you bound on earth is going to be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. You my Peter, you my man. Here's a man with so much knowledge and information. And what appears to be faith. But there was one thing that he had an issue with. Satan got to him through his emotion. Right? So let's find out what happened. It says, verse 21, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from me. Lord, this shall not be unto you. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. So how did the devil get into Peter? And if the devil got into Peter, one of the closest ones to Jesus, what makes you think that the devil can't get into you and I? Again, he says to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me, for you savers not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Why did he say this to him? Because the Jesus was born into the world to be a sacrifice for the sins of men, to restore man back to the Father. And in order to do that, he must be killed. And shed his blood. Y'all remember the blood of the lamb that was over the doorpost during the time of Moses? And as long as you were under the blood of the lamb, you were saved? Well, Jesus had to shed his blood so that now that we are under the blood of Jesus, we gain salvation. But the only one with knowledge that would be willing to prevent Jesus from death is Satan. So when Peter did it, out of ignorance, he knew that it wasn't Peter. He knew that it was Satan. And so, brothers and sisters, that devil, those devils can easily get into us at any given moment. Remember, they don't sleep. They don't get tired. We get depressed, we get down, we have deaths in our families. People talk about us. That might bruise your ego. It might do something with your self-esteem. Those things open the door 
and become a gateway for those devils to enter inside of us, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of John, the 18th chapter. Let's go to John, the 18th chapter. Because see, when you really believe in something and you're willing to fight for that thing which you believe in, Sometimes that thing, brothers and sisters, is not of God because he said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And that's why we tell people you can't march your way into the kingdom of God. You can't protest your way into the kingdom of God. We call for justice. We call for, you know, uh, um, people to pay the price for their wickedness. But if this is Satan's world, then how are we going to get justice out of Satan's world? How are the men and women of God going to get justice out of Satan's world? And that's why the Lord said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Do you believe in him and trust in him enough to wait on him until he comes? So here we go. John 18, 4 through 11. John 18. Four through eleven, and it reads, Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Who are you looking for? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. <laughs> you see how much power Jesus had? That as soon as he told them who he was, they fell backward to the ground. <laughs> then asked he them again, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I have told you that I am he. If you therefore seek me, let these go their way. That the same might be fulfilled which he spake of them which thou gavest me, have I lost lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut it cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up your sword into the sheep. The cup which my father have given me, shall I not drink it? Here it is again. Peter still getting in the way. Jesus said, I got to drink this cup. This has to happen and it must be done. So those of us who are ministers and shepherds and we are out there telling people things are going to get better. No, brothers and sisters, they're not going to get better. They're going to get worse, worse because these are things that have to be done. Prophecy must be fulfilled. And if you stand in the way between the prophecy of God and the people, you will get cut off too. You can't prevent what's coming down this pipe. Oh, wait till that great tribulation period comes. That three and a half year great tribulation period of which the Bible says there has never been a trouble in a time like this that's coming. 
since there's been time and since there's been trouble. Let's go ahead and keep reading. We have, oh, we have a lot of more places to go. Let's see. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And we're going to read 11 and 12. Ephesians 6, 11. And 12. And it reads. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. In high places. So the question is, what is the armor of God? The only thing that God gives us to protect ourselves from these spiritual, from this spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. Well, we're going to give you that answer in one moment. Hang on. We're almost there. Let's go to the book of John. The 16th chapter, verses 1 and 4, we got to be careful of what we allow to enter into our spirit. Isn't this something how on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and all these other places, all these fight videos keep showing up, all these uh, ratchet videos keep showing up? Well, the devil has figured out something with this social media that once you click on a video and begin to look at it, it will show you more videos that's like that video. It becomes a part of your algorithm. So when you get yourself into the algorithm of Satan, you get exposed to more and more and more things that pull you away from God. Let's go to John 16. One through four, and it reads, these things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. How many of you all have been put out of, out of the church? Yeah, the time cometh that whatsoever killeth you will think that he does God's service. So people who try to assassinate your character. Oh, they think they all that or look at them. They talking about God, but they over here doing this and they over there doing that. Oh, they think they doing God a favor. Even some to the point of actually physically trying to kill you. Are thinking that they're doing God a favor. It says and these things will they do unto you because they have not known the father nor me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come. You may remember that I told you of them and these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. So I'm telling you these things now. Expect people to talk about you. Expect people to assassinate your character. Expect people to say mean things to you and do mean things to you. That's a part of the process. When you see it, you got to smile and say, oh, okay. This is what the Lord was talking about. The devil really busy and the devil really going to work. And what you got to do is you got to maintain your composure. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. And keep being a living, breathing, walking example of what a man and woman of God looks like. 
brothers and sisters. Don't you know if they're able to tear you down and get you out of your character? It's another victory for Satan. Satan is trying to tear down as many women and men of God as he can, the same way he tried to do Peter. That's a victory for him because once people see you fall and I fall, it deters them from coming to God. You are their example of someone who has gone to God and things are going well for them. You change your ways. You change the way you talk. You change the way you do things, your mannerisms. And they're looking at you like, oh, man, if that person is studying the word of God and they've changed and got a whole new attitude and a whole new personality, maybe I should start going where they're going. But as soon as you fall, that's the only thing that they're waiting for. See, I told you. Let's go to the book of Romans, the first chapter. The book of Romans, the first chapter. Now, many things have happened, brothers and sisters. Satan has used man to poison our people through water, through plants, through food. We're coming up with all kinds of diseases. And now technology has gotten so good that they can make a change the DNA composition of a plant where it only will affect a certain group of people. Oh, all this nanotechnology and all this stuff that's going on. But the Lord knew about that too, brothers and sisters. He knew all of those things would happen. And that's why he told you not to get so wrapped up into this life. Because eventually all of us got to go. And now we're starting to be so unhealthy that, yeah, we're living longer, but we're living longer and sicker. Let's look at Romans, the first chapter. Let's see. Let's do 28 through 30. Romans 1, 28 through 30. Oh, that, that devil, brothers and sisters, he got people working day and night, plotting in ways to kill you. And you can't even fathom people that have a mindset like this. You, you, you know, these are the same people that made bombs that kill a whole country of people. These are the same people that put things and needles and injected people with it. For experimental purposes. Oh, let me see how you act walking around with syphilis. In the Tuskegee experiment that they had on black men. And you go out there and give it to the women that live in your community. Let me see how y'all black people react to that. These people are evil brothers and sisters. And you can't even fathom the mind of Satan. To know how evil he can be. And the people whom he get into the mind of how evil they can be. Romans 1, 28 and 30, it says, and even as they did not like to re retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. We read that earlier, so we'll keep going to the next uh, verse. Let's go to 2 Timothy, three, the third chapter, 1 through 4. 2 Timothy 3 and 1 through 4. 2 Timothy 3 
and we're going to go one through four and it reads this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lover of their own selves covetousness boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection truth breakers false accusers accusers incontinent fierce despisers of those that are good did you hear what they said despisers of those that are good so when people despise you know that these are the last days and there have to be people like that in existence so don't take it so personal brothers and sisters I always say, look, they don't go to sleep with you at night. They don't wake up with you in the morning. They don't pay your paycheck. They have no kingdom of God or lake of fire to put you in. Why are you making them so important that what they say matters to you? You got to learn how to keep it moving. Let's go ahead and keep going. And let's go to the book of. Revelations, the 13th chapter. These are just the beginnings of sorrow, brothers and sisters. Satan is preparing your mind right now for the man of sin to come. Because remember, there has to be a mark of the beast or an acceptance of someone who claims to be Christ and who is not. And many of those who live on earth are going to believe him. How are they going to believe him? Because he's setting up the minds of the people right now. Revelations 13, 16 through 18. Revelations 13, 16 through 18. And it reads, and he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell except he that had that mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that have understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score, that's sixty, and six. Six, six, six. This is representative, brothers and sisters, of your religious organizations, your businesses, and what's the third one? The religions, the businesses. There is a third one. Mm, it escapes my mind. It seems like it's right there on the tip of my tongue. But, brothers and sisters, on every aspect of life politics that's the third one religion businesses and politics so from all these angles satan is going to be coming for you and to you from a political perspective from a religious perspective and from a trade perspective right so and these are all the things that make up the current day human experience, politics, religion, and business. Let's go to the book of Daniel 12, one through three. Book of Daniel 12. One through three, and we just got one more place after this. 
book of Daniel 12, 1 through 3. And it says, and at that time shall Michael stand up. Now, let me say this up front. Michael is not Jesus. I know there are some that are teaching that Michael is Jesus, but Michael is not Jesus. Michael is an angel. And if you read the book of Hebrews, the first chapter, the Lord says to which of my angels said to he at any time sit on my right hand and I will make your enemies your footstool. So Michael is an angel, brothers and sisters. So it says, and at the time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which stand before the children of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And that, and at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. What book is this? This is the book of life. It says, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Now, wait a minute. This is the first resurrection. So we don't say our loved ones are up in heaven looking down on us smiling because the first resurrection has not happened yet. But this is pointing us and leading us to that time when Jesus returns, when that last trumpet is sounded and the dead in Christ are raised. It says that many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So not only is this talking about the first resurrection, it's talking about the second resurrection as well. The second resurrection includes the, the lake of fire and that second death that the Bible calls it, brothers and sisters. So. This is beautiful. This three verses is giving you the first resurrection and the thousand years in between the first and the second resurrection. So let's go ahead and continue another lesson for another time. But keep listening to the Bible class truth hour and some of those questions that you may have now as we're reading these things, we can answer those things for you. Let's go to the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter. This is the last verse. We're talking about how to defeat the spiritual wickedness in high places and those subliminal messages that the devil tries to give us like he gave Eve, like he gave Peter. How do we do it? Well, we read a little bit of Ephesians before. The sixth chapter, verses 10 and 11. I'm sorry, 11 and 12. And it said, put on the whole armor of God. And I share with you at that time that we were going to explain to you what the armor of God is. And that's exactly how we're going to close out. By explaining to you and sharing with you what the armor of God is and how you need to use that to defeat those spiritual wickedness in high places and those subliminal messages. Ephesians 6 and 10. Let's go ahead and close out. Ephesians 6. And we're going to read 13 through 18. And it reads, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth. How do you find truth? 
in the word of God and having the breastplate of righteousness. How do we define what righteousness is? By the word of God. And your feet showed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Where can I find the gospel of peace? The word of God. Above all, taking the shield of faith. How do I know what faith is? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. It's in the word. Wherefore, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. If you are into this word, know this word and allow it to be filled or allow yourself to be filled with it. That's what you call being filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, being filled with the word of God. It says, take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. All those things. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So, brothers and sisters, this lesson tonight. Thanks to Almighty God and his word was a very powerful lesson. I needed to hear some of the things that was in this lesson tonight. And I'm sure some of you all <clears throat> needed to hear it as well. And so we have to stay in Bible class. We have to stay in the word of God. <clears throat> because these things contain the armor of God. And so when you leave your home and you go about your day and you run into these people that have these devils inside of them, don't you know that when they cause you to react, that devil that's inside of them transfers and jumps into you? Now you cursing somebody out while you on a road, road rage. And now you're responding to somebody in the manner in which they came to you. You have just allowed that devil to get into you. So don't allow yourself to get too high. Don't allow yourself to get too low. Stay on a level playing field or on a, on a level of righteousness where the things that are not important Keep them in their place. If it's not of God, or if it's not God-like, it's not important. And so the moment that you allow those things to become important is the moment that you have given in to spiritual wickedness and subliminal messages. Thank you so much. We're going to close out with November. Um, I say November. Numbers, the sixth chapter. As we always do at the end of our lessons, verses 22 to 27. And this is what the Lord gave us to give to those of his who followed him. It says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of, uh, speak unto, and um, let me back up. This is number six, 22 through 27. It says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto Aaron and to his sons saying, on this wise shall you bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, and this is what we're saying to you, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift 
up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And we shall put the name of the Lord upon us. And the Lord will bless us. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the sixth time national award-winning POET radio. Brothers and sisters on YouTube, if you have a Facebook channel, then go and subscribe and follow and like our Facebook group page, which is the Truth Hour Bible Class. Again, it is the Truth Hour Bible Class. Now, for those who are on Facebook, go and like our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV. Again, Truth Hour TV. If you want to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. I'm going to text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to that number that's popping right up on your screen right now, Facebook. As far as um, your, your concern, YouTube, until next Tuesday, I want to say peace and blessings to each and every one of you. Please continue to share this lesson and let me know what you thought about tonight's lesson by leaving a comment in the comment section of this particular video. YouTube, peace and blessings in Jesus' name. Good night. As far as those who are on Facebook, please put in the comment section and let me know what you thought about tonight's lesson. Um, continue to pray for your brother as I will continue to pray for you. And let's go and be blessed of the Lord, brothers and sisters. Peace and blessings in Jesus' name. Good night.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.